0: You're listening to Reach, Teach, Talk with Nat Dane.
1: Welcome back to another episode of Reach, Teach, Talk. This episode is being filmed during a period of unbelievable tumult in the world today. We uh, have experienced the COVID-19 pandemic over three months now. And as you know from previous episodes of this podcast, teachers have been required to pivot and to switch from their brick-and-mortar very relational classrooms to this unfamiliar kind of foreign environment of teaching through a screen um, and not to be crass. I mean, there's incredible things that teachers have been able to do uh, using Zoom, using uh, Microsoft Teams, using the platform of you know, looking through a screen and building community. But at the same time, it's been an unbelievable challenge. And then on top of this, of course, is the very, very recent protests and and other police examples of police brutality and racism uh, in the U.S., and certainly these these protests have not gone unnoticed by anybody really in the world. And for good reason. This is all growth. This is all tumult. That is, um, if, if you inject some hope, this is going to bring us to a much more civil society and a much more egalitarian mentality. And hopefully, I mean, my personal belief is we are entering into a spiritual kind of realm um, where we are going to be enlightened, and we're going to follow our better angels, and we're going to um, come out of this discomfort with a tighter and more cohesive world. And and I, I lead with this because the timing, there's there's serendipity in life. And there are paths that we take and there are choices we make. And there are opportunities to come in uh, full focus and sometimes not full focus that we, that we really, when we look back, we're grateful that we paid attention to. And uh, today's guest is an example of that because Aaron Christopher directed, wrote, Um, I'll let him give his whole background about this movie that he created called Listen, which absolutely took education and schools by storm very, very recently, a few years ago. And I had the privilege and opportunity to meet Aram uh, recently and to become familiar with his work and with this movie Listen. And the reason why I'm talking about serendipity is because if I take a step back and I just listen to the path that kind of came about in the past month or two, which brought me from the West Coast to the East Coast and brought me to, to meet Aram, it leads me to think about the importance of reflection and the importance that reflection and time to reflect uh, brings to life. And Aram's movie, Listen, is really at a central theme about the importance of listening, actively listening. And this is a two-part series about the importance of listening. Dr. Graham Bodie from University of Mississippi was my first guest to talk about listening versus hearing, um, the the importance of taking a step and really actively listening to to people, to others. And where we're going to take it to the next level, part two of the series in, in in this podcast with Aram is... His movie is all about the importance of listening and reflecting and having the time to kind of break in and crash into the world of somebody else and other people who may come from different lives, different lifestyles, different backgrounds and all of that. But to step in, to lean forward, to lean in, um, we've heard that before, um, particularly in an educational setting. And I could talk to Aaron for hours about his movie and about where we go as a society and how his movie is pertinent to today's events Yet, we're going to have to keep this to our 25-minute podcast length and to really focus this conversation on where schools are right now. Aram not only made this movie focused on a high, school, a high school that serves the heart of this community, a fictionalized community, but one that I think many of us can relate to, uh, and, and yet there are... this idea of a high school, of a school being a microcosm of greater society um, and where we are right now with our focus in high schools about listening, our focus on taking the time to pay attention and to reflect and to not fill the, the room with our own words, but to instead treat the room as an atmosphere to learn and listening and learning are connected. And um, anyhow, I'm super glad to have Aaron Christopher here today to kind of. I would love to just start off, Aaron, with well, first of all, a huge welcome to you, and Thanks and second of, you. I'm thrilled to have you. And second of all, um, just basically, where did the origin of Listen come from? What can you share with listeners and viewers uh, of Reach Teach Talk who haven't seen your movie yet? Um, what can you say about the origin of this movie? What its theme is? Its plot and. What motivated you um, to create this incredible film?
0: Wow. Well, that's a. That could be a very long-winded answer, so I'll try to keep it short and sweet. Um, uh, my work is always guided by my experience, and uh, Listen was born out of over a decade of, of interacting with youth, adults. Uh, educators, administrators, counselors um, on over 1,200 school campuses across the United States, Canada, and even Europe. Um, basically, my work in segue into film began um, out of uh, a response to a, a very um, unsettling national tragedy, the, the Columbine High School shooting. And when that tragedy happened, it really, like, like everybody I was trying to figure out why. And one of the reactions I had was to go talk to the students because I felt nobody was really asking them that question. So what I did is um, I, I went out and gave five uh, diverse uh, students each video cameras and let them film a year in their life. And what came out of that was over 80 hours of very raw, um, real um, footage. Because I gave five diverse teenagers, each video cameras, um, all socially, ethnically, economically, and demographically diverse. And what happened was they came back with over 80 hours of raw footage. Um, flash forward, I turned that into a four-part uh, film series about the various issues youth were going through. And I ended up taking that on the road and started presenting these films and speaking in schools all over the country. And over that time, the one thing I noticed is that um, everywhere I went, youth were always telling me no one really listens to me. Where I was in Rome, Italy, Los Angeles, San Francisco, or Montreal. And I also noticed that I had the definition of the word listen all wrong because what I was thought they were saying was no one hears me because that's naturally the definition that we kind of connect listen to. And so you, I, individually I was thinking, well, what we do is we just elevate their voices. They need to be heard, so let's get them to speak up. But I realized after 10 years that what I was doing um, was not really addressing the bigger issue. I was hyper-focusing on different social issues students were going through from bullying, um, body image, self-esteem, substance abuse. And I realized that there was a bigger overarching issue, which was mental health. And I also realized that this definition of the word listen, I had all wrong in the sense that what they weren't saying is no one hears me. They were saying no one pays attention to me. And I think that that um, is what gave me the motivation to research this concept of listening. And what I found that the word listen is rooted in a Germanic word, listenen which simply means pay attention to. And so that became the beginning of the film. And um, it was really inspired by all of the interactions with the people that I had met over 10 years of being on the road. And what I wanted to create was a film that um, would, would essentially address all of the issues that I felt the youth were constantly bringing to my attention In a way that would provoke an audience to have a conversation And essentially so others would start to pay attention So I looked at the project as an educational tool Even though it was, you know, hidden in the, the guise of a Hollywood movie but what my, my end goal was to create a film that provoked conversation and listening.
1: What's ironic is what you just said right there, is it's, it, your goal was to create a film that provoked conversation and listening, and listening, and provoked listening. Because what you're saying is the outcome, what you're hoping from the viewers is to, to understand the difference between, as you learned, hearing and listening. And this idea that you've got students in these high schools who are being heard. I mean, you know, you can't help but hear them, right? You walk down those halls of high schools that you go and visit and you give presentations and workshops to, they're pretty loud places when they're, when it's between classes, passing period and whatnot, or when they're gathering in the gym or the you know, auditorium or the gymnatorium and, you know, they're settling in. That's a, That's a thunderous noise. Mm-hmm. At the same time, the silence that falls on these students when you're running your workshops after they've seen this film is... Palpable as well. It's a heavy, loud silence, and I'd like to explore that a little more. If, if you're comfortable with this, Aram, is this idea of kind of what's behind this this um, starvation, this 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 really uh, um, the scarcity of listening in school environments, based on what you've observed in all the schools that you've visited?
0: Well, I think what happens in schools is what happens in life we get so consumed by the processes the the management and the administration that we often don't feel like we have the time uh to 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 truly take a moment uh which ironically was the tag for the film you know it only takes a moment to truly pay attention but i feel like we feel so compelled by this energy that's driving us to to teach a, you know, teach a certain subject, to, to make sure our, our students are performing a certain way, uh, achieving the grades. Uh, we have so many markers in life that uh, basically adjudicate what our performance is or our productivity is, and it, it really consumes us. And I see that often in a high school campus, uh, and I'm not saying every school is this way, but the ones that I find are, have the most challenges are, are the ones that truly don't take the time to focus on the importance of, of paying attention, listening, understanding that uh, what is really going on with your student body? What is going on with your educators? What is going on with your, educa- your administrators or your janitors? or All of the individuals on the campus, the essentially the stakeholders, are are basically contributing to the energy of that campus. And if you're not paying attention to truly what is going on in the lives of those organisms that inhabit that ecosystem, you are are going to create um, a culture that could be detrimental to the success and productivity of that school and so i think paying attention and taking a moment to do so is paramount and it should be the main focus on that campus before you even get to the teaching
1: you know you mentioned you 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 seem to refer to schools as communities in themselves that have that possess their own culture and and what i'm what i'm drawing from what you're saying is that you know what, what what a school ultimately does optimally does is create a culture where students feel uh, safe to be themselves safe to learn safe to uh, take chances um, there is a character in in listen who I there's a scene in this one the only scene this character is in um, is a, a scene that takes place in the evening uh, where it where the the lead character the, the school the new guidance count guidance counselor is having a parent night and nobody shows up except for the janitor who comes in and he starts cleaning up the, the, the classroom that was set up for this parent night where nobody showed up. And it was a moment, Aram, that I really would love to explore a little bit with you because it, it, it relates to what you are just saying about how every member, every, as you said, stakeholder in a school community matters. What's the role of this janitor? What made you decide to put this scene in?
0: Oh that's a great question. The janitor is one of my favorite characters and as you said he only shows up once. Um but to me he's integral and he and again what I'm trying to do is test the audience to see are you truly paying attention? Because the janitor on a school campus is probably the person that that observes the most. They're cleaning up all of the mess of every single person that inhabits that community. They know more about what's going on with the students, the educators, and the administrators than they than any of those individuals could probably imagine. And that character was actually inspired by a maintenance worker that I met in a school in Northern California. And he actually witnessed one of the programs that I was doing at the time. And he came up to me and he said, you know what, don't stop doing what you're doing. And I, th- I thought, wow, out of all the individuals on that campus that come up to me afterwards and take the time to say that to me. And I said, I said wow, thank you very much. And he said, you know, I see so much on this campus, and this school needs this type of conversation. It needs to start paying attention to how they're treating each other. And it pains me to watch um, the interactions between the students and the educators and so much tension being created. And and here was this person whose job is merely to, to maintain this community, clean up. And probably nobody on this campus understands that how um, h- how accurate his observation is, and how much insight he has to offer. And so that particular scene, you know, the counselor engages him in the conversation. And that scene was supposed to be a little bit longer, but then I felt it was too much for the length of the film. But you know, he said the counselor says, "Do you have children?" And he says, "Yes, many." and the counselor's like how many he's like 1200 and the counselor's like what and everybody laughs and and the counselor says oh students and he says yeah students um and and it, the funny thing is is that when i'm in a screening with students and educators or parents and they see that scene they all laugh and I, they laugh because of the way the janitor's quirkiness is but i also think it's a moment where they it's, it's, a, it's a truth laugh in the sense like, oh, that's right. I never thought of it that way before.
1: And what I'm thinking now is it's ironic too. I hadn't thought about this until now that um, the, the guidance counselor has nobody coming into his office every day. And his number one job is supposed to be to be the ears and the connector uh, of students to teachers and students to the school. Yet nobody's coming into his office, but the janitor has access that this guidance counselor doesn't have, right? Surely because he's in this role. And what student is going to come in and be like, hey, let me just hang out and talk to you about my life. But the janitor is around and he's able to be rather invisible, but also very absorbent of everything, right?
0: Exactly. And on that note, I mean, if you want to go even deeper, you think about the very first interaction that the counselor has with the administrator and what the administrator does. He basically you know, tells him this is how we communicate. You answer when called and he gives him the walkie-talkie and the counselor actually has a question and the administrator doesn't pay attention and he leaves him. And and the counselor was just looking for guidance. And so this janitor actually gives him some very sage-like words. He gives him the guidance that no one has given him since coming on that campus. And I go back to what I was saying about you know that the sense of the community and paying attention to what we all need and what's going on in our lives and the first day the counselor stepped on that campus the administrator the supposed sage ceo the leader didn't pay attention to what this counselor needed to do his job
1: now let's talk about administrators versus teachers here and not versus but just they're two completely different roles right and and it's it's funny because we look at schools we tend to put a corporate uh, lens when we look at school organizations and hierarchies and, and we think that there is a hierarchy when really um, it's funny because if you really look at the power dynamic between uh, in a school, the teachers actually have the greatest power because they're the ones who have the classroom. They're the ones who are daily interacting with their students and they're able to go deep, whether they're teaching math or biology or English or whatnot. It is that's the opportunity the teachers have and they know it, but the perceived power is with administrators. And I'm speaking as one, as a person who half my life as a teacher and half my life as an administrator. So I feel like it's fair for me to be able to say, you know, it's <laughs> the is with the teachers, but, um, but it's the administrators that 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 outside uh, people outside of schools tend to think that oh, okay, it's a natural progression from being a teacher to being an administrator. Like you teach for a certain amount of time, then you build the school the skills, and you're able to then naturally become uh, an administrator. When really, again, it's very separate jobs. And um, it, being a school administrator is much more, in my opinion, much more akin to being a middle manager in a corporation than it is to being a teacher, frankly. Um, But the great administrators are able to transcend and be both. But I I, I bring that up because there are some really, there's there's some good lessons in listen also about that, about teaching and administering. And because I think that the school principal is a fascinating character, the same guy who kind of tossed a walkie-talkie at the guidance counselor on the first day, on his first day, and I'd love for you to just explore a little more about his character. And what, what were you looking at um, teaching the viewer, the audience, about the role of administrator versus the role of teacher? And what makes a great one?
0: Well, for me, the, that dynamic between the administrator and the, and the teachers or the counselor, I wanted it to be distinct that they were, they were all on kind of different pathways and they weren't intersecting. They were kind of going about their job or their duties with this mindset of this is what I have to do. I have to accomplish this. I have to accomplish this. It needs to be done on this amount of time or, um, or, uh, you know, I'll have some kind of penalties or, and I feel like that's, that's one of the problems that, that I have found is when there's no intersection, when there's no, um, communication, clear communication about this is what I'm working on. I need your help with this. Um, this is how I'm feeling and, and and I wanted it to be very clear from the beginning that 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 didn't exist in this school and That's what created most of the problems. I want to go on kind of a side, you know, kind of a, a side note for a minute uh, it, it making this very distinct stem from a conversation that I had from a security advisor and he worked for the secret service I met him at a conference And he started talking about what was um, some of the fundamental problems that led to 9-11. And what he cited was the communication between the various entities, the intelligence communities. They all had their own information and were focused on doing what they did best. But they were not communicating together about what information they found and how they could help each other and how they could think about the information that they all collectively had And how it could help them make better decisions moving forward. And now he ended up becoming a security advisor for schools. And and he basically said to me that the one thing that's so paramount in schools is communication. It's like, if we're going to be in a community that's functioning together, we need to work together. And so I wanted to make it clear from the start that that administrator was so caught up in what he had to do that he was not listening to what anybody else on that campus needed to help do their job.
1: That is so brilliantly stated. And it makes me think about my, my use of the word power, because power, if we, if, we, if we are looking through the lens of what you just shared, power is ego. Power is an extension of one's ego. And if you're egoic, and if you're going to let, let that kind of drive you in your career, in your field, then you're going to be not not be uh, interacting and listening and collaborating with others as well. So I wonder, now that you're, you're really getting me thinking, Aram, about optimal school communities and how it, it sounds like what you're suggesting is the optimal school community is one where you take the power out or at least you reduce the ego – and you, you collaborate through listening, through taking the time. And, and I'm thinking about the, the stereotypical classroom as a silo, right? Like there are so many moments in the day when I was teaching where I just wish I could have just shared with a colleague, an adult. You wouldn't believe what happened in this class today. You wouldn't believe what this student said or what the, that eureka moment. And I'm feeling so great or the opposite, right? Um, I don't know what I'm doing wrong here. I'm not breaking through this student. And I want to be able to share that with the colleagues and not feel like I'd be judged and, and, and allow me to have these moments. And, um, and I could talk for a while about this with you, but, but it, it gets me to think concretely about the fact that every single one of the main student characters in your movie has a background that is distinct and that is absolutely informing how they come to school, how they learn, therefore, how they perceive themselves through others, where they are coming from, Matters in this movie, and I would wonder. I wonder if you can speak to to this this idea that part of your movie is about meeting meeting the students where they are and how important that is, right? You've got Benny who comes from a mixed generation Latino family, um, you know, with 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 kids and with this this pull, this constant pull to to show his masculine side by joining a gang, for example, by, by being tough and showing his masculinity. Um, you've got summer who has a mom who's, you know, not totally connecting with her. Right. She's, she's, um, uh, you know always got a glass of Chardonnay in one hand and she's giving her good advice and she's trying but she's solo and she's not able to really know her daughter um, or you've got Josh who's you know the lead or is it Josh or Sean I can't remember um, his name it just escapes me but the the lead character um, Josh. yeah Josh whose father is so distant and, and both in both in mentality and and, and you know what, what fatherhood is again tapping into the idea of masculinity and culture today um, but they're all coming to school. Every kid is coming to school with, you know, carrying the, uh, the background, the, the home or the background that they're coming from. And this idea of meeting students where they are, right? This idea of taking the time. And so, so how, how, do you, how do you look at the, the tool, I guess, of listening, the skill of listening as an asset toward building the teacher-student connection?
0: Well, <laughs> You you make me think of um, an interaction I had with thirty principals in Florida, where I, I did a uh, an action plan meeting to identify what they felt were the the top three critical issues that they all shared, even though they were all basically administrators on thirty different campuses, all from different social economic backgrounds, and what they came up with collectively voted in 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 importance was the number one issue was loneliness and lack of connection. The number two issue was mental health. The Number three issue was safety and security. But then they forced me to put another one on the board. They said, we need to add another one. I said, what is it? And it says, what the kids come to school with that we can't control. And I said, okay, we're going to put that up there. But what I want to do a little bit differently, instead of putting that in number four, let's put that over number one. So let's make that number one. And I said, I want you to look at these and tell me what you see as the relationship. And it was very hard for them to understand the connection between the two, but uh, the four. But what I wanted to identify is, is drawing the arrow. I drew an arrow down and said, well, if a student comes on campus with all these baggage, just like those characters in the movie, you know, this fact that there is no connection with their mother, the fact that their father is a racist and they're, struggling with how they feel and how their father makes, you know, wants them to think and feel. Um, They come to this and, and they have that sense of aloneness because they feel like they don't have someone in their safe space, which is, you know, essentially supposed to be the home. So they come to school feeling alone in how they're feeling because they don't know if every other student has a father that treats them this way or a mother that's disconnected, or they don't have a father in their life. And when they're feeling this aloneness and their lack of connection, well, it's been proven that then we have mental health issues. And when you have students with mental health issues, then you have safety and security risks on campus. And so I go back to the beginning of all of these characters. You know, it's interesting because the environment that you create for true active listening begins with creating a safe environment. And creating that environment in the school needs to be paramount. And those characters that came onto the campus in my film, I wanted the audience to take, um, you know, a direct bird's eye view of what's going on in their life before they get on that campus. So you understand a little bit better about how wide they're acting the way they are on that campus. And what's interesting is, is if I never showed you that family life, and all I focused on was the campus life, then you'd probably have a different perception of that particular student. Hmm. Just like the educators, just like the administrators, and just like the other students have the perception of the the students that they inhabit on their campus. So going back to your question, I guess what I want people to start being aware of, listening to, is what you don't see, think or hear or feel what people carry with them before they step on to that community. And what's been amazing with the way people have watched the movie and what I've observed is that I tell principals on campus, I say, when they're about to watch the film, I said, the the hour and 48 minutes that I know it pains you to take away from class time is going to be an incredible field trip for your students. And they're going to learn more about each other and themselves without anybody ever opening their mouth because they're going to start to see. And hear and think and feel a little bit differently about the person sitting next to them as they're watching this movie
1: Aram, how can teachers and listeners and viewers of this podcast access listen?
0: So if you're going to watch it on a personal basis and I say personal because we've had some issues in the past um, You can go to buylistentoday.com, So, buy listen l-i-s-t-e-n today dot com. if you would like to use it in an educational setting then you uh need to e- email info at listenthemovie and uh to obtain a proper license uh and i i say that clearly because we've had issues where you know some people want to take the film and show it to 30 40 or 100 people and they and it it poses a lot of issue you know Challenges and, and problems. So, um, to get an educational license, do use the email. If you want to watch it just for yourself in the comfort of your home, go to today.com. There's also a 230 page SEL focused curriculum to use with the film. So, we have uh, teachers that use the, the film in the classroom. We have teachers' colleges that are teaching teachers, and they've uh, created whole courses around the film and you're using the curriculum actively. Um, We've had the film being used for professional development days. I've come in and done trainings and facilitated discussions. So it's exactly why we, you know, the way we designed the film so it could be used in that way and at at the end of the day also just to be viewed as a movie um, that, you know, you can enjoy.
1: Absolutely. I mean, really, this this movie absolutely blew me away. I mean, as a 23-year teacher and administrator and somebody who has always been, focused on the so, you know, social, emotional learning of our students and the fact that, um, now science backing up the fact that learning is cognitive and emotional and social. And if you're cutting off the social part, if it's a lonely existence for these teenagers coming to school every day, then they're not going to learn. They're not going to learn nearly to the depth and to the ability that they, they, they deserve to. And, uh, and this whole idea of the school is a microcosm for society at large. I mean, just Every school, I can't stress enough, every school should screen this movie. I truly believe it is such a positive force. And there's and teachers have responded brilliantly to it. Administrators have teared up. You've shared stories with me off, you know, offline about just the impact of this film. Um, my last question for you, Aaron, is what are you up to now? And, and you're, are you still facilitating any workshops? Or is this something where... Now you're moving on to a different, pro, uh, you know, project or what?
0: So, uh, so right now, listen, I'm still doing a lot of work with Listen. I'm working with districts um, to basically launch comprehensive comprehensive mental health initiatives. So, I'm still working actively with districts. My goal, actually, and I'm also uh, partnered up um, with organizations that are focused on ACEs, adverse childhood experiences. I want to help use get this film integrated in the work that they're doing. And essentially, my goal would be to have this film available for schools across the country to be used as an educational tool. Um, So I'm still pushing on that side. I do a lot of trainings, facilitate discussions, and do a lot of uh, keynote talks at conferences focused on education, social work. Um, But then uh, I'm I'm right now um, starting to put together a new documentary. Um, and that I'm very, very excited about. And it's, it's focused on what's going on now um, with regards to the COVID uh, crisis uh, and also wh- what happened with uh, George Floyd. And this really focuses on pain. I feel like once we start to pay attention and if you watch the movie, you're gonna find that everybody in that film is going through pain. You can't live a life um, without experiencing pain as much as we try. Um, So that's where I'm going. And I'm, and I'm also writing. um, I actually am working on putting together another uh, screenplay, which is uh, starting to write. um, That's also focused on the subject. My MO is it's really to immerse myself in the subject in kind of a documentary esque way. So I can get close to the individuals that have shared those experiences and help educate me and then go write a script about it um, to hopefully create another educational tool that could further our, our shifted perspective and, and ultimately our shift in behavior.
1: Well, that's fantastic. And listen, is a huge step toward shifting school cultures toward what's really important and the idea that we are a collection in schools. We are a collection of individuals that are coming together in community. And the optimal schools are the schools where the, the focus on listening, the focus on taking the time to connect, the time to build relationships. This whole podcast is about relationships it's you know reach teach talk is talking about how we can strengthen relationships in the classroom but also we call it the classroom of life and how important that is and again getting back to what i said at the beginning here in the intro this is serendipitous i just the fact that at this period of time i know that when your movie came out it was probably serendipitous back then as well but right now i can't think of a better time to show screen this movie to communities and to schools because the overall message is stop for a moment, everyone. Just stop, pause, lean forward, and just listen to the person across from you. Learn, listen, and learn. It sounds very kindergarten when I say it, but it is so profoundly deep. And if we can do this, we will come out a better society. So, Aaron, thank you for taking your role in making uh, for a better society for all of us.
0: Thank you. Thank you so much, Nat, for allowing me to be on your uh, podcast and also for taking the time to view my film.
1: I'm thrilled. I'm just so, so blessed. So thank you very, very much.
0: Thank you. You've been listening to Reach Teach Talk with Nat Damon. If you'd like to recommend a guest for a future episode, you can send your suggestion or questions to nat at reachacademics.com.